Welcome to the Actualize You podcast, where your full potential is at hand. This is the podcast for people with a passion and purpose, but need a little kickstart to get motivated into action. If you've already got the motivation, then we'll work on the optimization. Either way, your new full potential is at hand. Welcome to another episode of Small Biz Conversations with Birgit Smythe from Envisage Solutions and myself, Jared Irvin from Actualize. Birgit, last time was all about assertiveness. So I found it really valuable and I hope everybody else did too. Today is all about the customer experience and I'm sure assertiveness plays a role here. So number one, what is the customer experience? Two, why is it important? And three, how can we as business owners improve it? Well, I think customer experience is a bit different for you and for me. You are working with individuals mainly and I'm working with large organizations. So the bottom line is to treat everyone with respect and your aim is to build trust. If they complain, Listen carefully to their concerns. Actually listen. Really listen and hear because it is real for them what the concern is before you defend your company. And see how you can help them resolve their issues. Um, yeah, I think that that, that I think is, is quite important um, in, in that realm of complaints um what do you how have you experienced it um i have i haven't experienced too many complaints as far as it goes i find it i find complaints have been a lot more between the lines if that makes sense and so being aware of or being able to read between the lines so when people are happy but not overjoyed then they're okay with the mediocre level that that you're at but they they're not off running to their friends saying hey you need to hear about this and so coming to that realization was really important um, as far as customer experience goes and learning how to change that to to get people to to share a little bit more about what we do Um, because at the end of the day that's also how you know if if you you have customers that are happy then you are likely to have or actually more than happy then you're likely to have more customers um join and the the fine balance there is making sure you know where your capacity is at and that's something we've spoken about um i think separately from the podcast but knowing where your capacity is at if you can only handle 10 customers or 10 companies then make sure that you you cap that and if you get any new potential leads then making making it clear to them okay we you know we've got one more space but after that we we can't take on any new new people um, happy customers giving referrals is magic that's that's the best marketing you can get is referrals um, so that really is important getting getting feedback from people I think that's one way where you can measure your customer experience. And I don't know what your experience has been, but my experience, if I email a customer and I say, so I've tried a few iterations of this, 
are you happy with our service? Then they will not reply. If you say, I would like to rate so-and-so's service because I am giving them a performance review, they also generally don't reply. But if you phone them up and you say, I'd like they take those five minutes and they give you that information. Or maybe if you bump into them um, or you have your weekly meeting or whatever and you actually ask it in person, they're more likely to give you that informal meeting. It feels like always when I send them an email or a message and it's like they have to do work. (laughs) So they don't want to. And I don't know how it is in your environment. Yeah, on my side, it's exactly the same. And I also... I haven't really wanted to, uh, I, I had the mindset of, I don't want to bother people. Um, and I, I do think that's the wrong approach, but then I would send out surveys, you know, and, and this is obviously the, the comparison would be like, if you have, if you have 10 companies to manage, you have one person that you're liaising with in the company. So then you technically just have to keep, keep tabs of 10 people. Whereas when we were running the swimming program, um, that was a big challenge because there's 50, 60 kids in a season and all the parents that you have to deal with. Um, and I don't, I don't say that negatively. Like I enjoyed working with them and, and getting feedback and, and making sure, but there were, there were points where, you know, you just can't get to everybody. So I would create a system for a mailing list and send it, send out a, um, you know, to all hundred parents. So the, the moms and the dads would get the email and everybody was informed as far as I was concerned I ticked the boxes but I came to the realization that there wasn't enough um, people actually engaged with what I was sending out and so I don't know if that was from a they they felt like okay you're just doing swimming coaching so it doesn't matter what else you have to send us we just make sure our kids are there we make sure our balls are paid and that's fine um and so looking back, I can't tell you what the issue was, but there was, you know, we'd lose maybe 10% of customers and gain uh, another 15%. So, you know, and that would be on an annual basis. And It's also a challenge because who is your customer? The 10-year-old in the swimming pool or, or, the, the, or the mother who actually is on the side of the pool or the father who was a swimmer when he was a child and has opinions on things? Um who should you be getting the, the feedback from? Um, and it's easy to get it maybe from the mother on the side of the pool if you go and talk to her, but not all the parents were on the side of the pool. Yeah. So you can't even do that that in-person thing. A lot of people don't read their private emails. The um, I don't know, different, different clubs that my children have been at have done it differently. And sometimes handing a piece of paper to the child and say, give this to your mum, sometimes works better because there it is. There's a thing, mum, either it's a very independent child and they go, oh, I got this, or it's um, the mother still unpacks the swimming bag and goes, oh, what's this? Oh, look, there's a letter. Um, But, you know, different groups, WhatsApp groups seem to be direct and people know, oh, this is about swimming. Let Mm. Let me read that. And I guess it also comes down to assertiveness. Yes. And, and we spoke about that last time, about being more assertive and learning how to communicate um, efficiently so that people do read it. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I think if you have a store as well, you know, that's also a different scenario. You have to, 
there, there's like industry trends and ways that that stores manage their performance and get customer reviews and things like that. I mean, I know one of the most simple ways was I think it was at Spa. They had a little button that you press where it's got a sad face, a medium face, and a and a happy face. And I mean that you just click one time and then that goes through onto their platform, so they know. You know, that's probably one of the simplest ways to just get immediate feedback. Like, did they enjoy their experience in shopping? Did they have a bad a bad time with the with the cashier? You know, and then they can start exploring from there. Um, obviously, they have cameras and things, so they could obviously be, be able to track when that was done and see see what that customer maybe went through. There's also it's a whole lot of, of personality as well, and I'm thinking again of the swimming training. Um, you get those parents that complain all the time yeah. and you get those parents that say nothing. And I, I think when, before we started, we, we, when we were preparing for this podcast, you were saying that's one of the problems is, is that people, um, I call it vote with their feet. Yeah. They leave and, and they didn't say, I'm not happy with your coaching program or, um, I've gone to XYZ club because I'm not happy with yours because of this. They just stopped coming. You don't know whether they've given up swimming or whether they've gone somewhere else and you don't know where the problem lies. Um, and sometimes I guess it's also worth doing, and I do that with my customers as well, a like kind of an exit interview. Uh, I'm maybe not familiar with the term exit interview. When you're an employee and you resign, the idea is to, to um, as a manager, I interview that person and say, why are you leaving? Because this is a time that person's leaving. They can tell you anything about your business and they're not going to get fired. Mm -hmm. And it is a time to open your ears and, and lower your ego and take constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. This works, this works, this works. And maybe you can do that when you realize people um, are no longer using your services in a BTC kind of mm -hmm. situation. Go, hi, I've seen you've left just to make my... my um, service better, would you mind letting me know why? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes people will answer and sometimes they won't, but the feedback you get will be valuable, whichever way. Mm. Um, I have done that <laughs> and I've received no responses. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah. I, I do reckon it does work, but <laughs> it's probably better if you just grab them by the arm and find out what they yes, were. <laughs> yes. I mean, I've also done that with customers. I've lost a tender. There are only three people bidding and I'm like, Please tell me why I lost this tender so next time, not just you, I can give a better service or yeah. better response to my customers. And then, you know, silence. Those are also those things with, with, with me. It comes back to assertiveness. It's always been that as a question I can't ask. Mm. I say, oh, I can't ask that question. But you'll be surprised how often you think I can't ask that question. And if you have the assertiveness and you go, you ask the question expecting no answer, mm. You actually get some worthwhile stuff coming back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, as far as like customer satisfaction, what what does that look like to you? Uh, <laughs> I've I've worked with big organisations where they have a customer sat score, which is like the customer satisfaction score, and then you you have to, it's part of linked to your key performance indicators, your KPIs, that if the customer has to have uh, a satisfaction of 4.5, all your customers on average, and it's like, 
Wow. And they just send a thing to the customer saying, what do you, how do you rate our service? And they, they click a thing. What's quite popular now is like, you send a thing, how do you rate our service? Or would you recommend us to somebody else? Whatever you click then takes you to a survey. Mm -hmm. So you think you're just answering one question and then it takes you to a survey and you answer five questions, which is, I guess, one way of catching people and then they, they do respond. Um, but yeah, what is customer satisfaction? Customer satisfaction for me is that they renew their services with me. Customer satisfaction for me is they move to a new company and they recommend to the new company to engage our services. That makes sense. <laughs> That's probably the best feedback feedback you actually need as a as a business. Yeah. But a lot about um, the customer experience and customer satisfaction is about trust and building that trust with your your clients, um, whether they're companies or individuals. They need to know that they can trust you, and one way. Of building, the, there are many ways of building that trust. The most obvious way is I'm an expert, and I can tell you what I'm. You know, I can advise you in the field that I'm an expert in. What comes with that to build trust? You've got to say I'm not an expert in that field. Mm. Um, I cannot help you with that. Um, the other thing is, is if you say you will deliver a, a document or a training program on a specific day. It has to be delivered on that day mm. or earlier. Um, I'm now learning to under-promise and over-deliver. <laughs> so if I know it's going to take 10 days, I say two weeks, and I try to get it there between 10 days and two weeks um, to give me that margin so that I don't have to say, oh, I'm really sorry I'm running late. Yeah. But that's come with years of experience <laughs> to be able to do that because you always think you must promise to get it there as soon as possible and do everything to get it there. But sometimes I know that I'm like, actually, as I'm saying, I'll get it to you on Friday. I know there's not a way. <laughs> yeah, when you take life and everything thrown into the mix <laughs> and all your other commitments and deadlines that you, that, yeah. And in my case, often with delivering stuff, I rely on other people. I need to get pricing from a supplier or I need to... Um, get information or somebody has to review my document and those are things I don't have control over and so I factor in some time for that too. Yeah the, and I think that's another thing is building trust and having that open line of communication with your customer so if, if there is a supply chain then knowing that if there's a delay in the process that you can just let the customer know and they're fine with it you know if they need it urgently um, then as soon as they ask you for something, then you can immediately say, well, we can't do it within two days, but we can do it within five type of thing. So then they'll either yield or try and find another service provider to, to help them with those, whatever their, their need is. Yes, because you, you don't want to let them down. Yeah. Letting them down breaks that trust. Um, and yes, that ongoing trust is really important to... Also, um, you made me think of something like if the person you said you're going to deliver it on Friday and there's, I don't know, truck crashed or the container didn't arrive or whatever, as soon as you know it, you need to let your customer know. Mm. And if they need it urgently, then you have to kind of find a way to, to 
meet their needs or refund them or whatever, but you need to let them know as soon as possible and not just have them phone you. Worst case scenario, where is it? I'm waiting for it. It's like, uh, sorry, I can't get it to you. Um, that is, that's very important. The communication. And I mean, the thing is, you, you might be, and I mean, I know this has happened to me many times, is I'm on the road, I'm, you know, getting to whatever meetings and commitments I have, and then I, like, will have WhatsApps coming in, and instead of just taking the 20 seconds or whatever it is when I arrive at my destination to say, okay, I can't get to this now, or um, this is my response, I'll respond properly later, or, you know, something to that effect. It'll take 10 seconds out of my time, but instead I'll choose to ignore it, and then I don't get to it in the next six hours, and then that's a problem, you know. And that was that's experiences I've had, which I try not to do anymore, or I'll just say, I can't respond now, I'll, you know, and I'm much better with that, but it takes... You know, it feels terrible because it feels so curt and short. Um, I don't want to be that person that just, like, sends a short message, like, thumbs up or whatever, you know, or, or I'm not, I'm busy now or, you know, stuff like that. But it's it's a being being open and, can, I think, candid is the yeah. right word. And, and knowing that it's not from a point of offense, it doesn't de- detract the value from your relationship with that, with that customer. Yes, and this comes back to assertiveness. <laughs> is being able to say you don't you don't have to say I'm sorry I can't do. You don't have to use the words I'm sorry. It's like thank you very much, and you can always say it politely. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for your message. I am stepping into a meeting now. I will address it later. And if you are somebody who you feel forgets to get back to people, you can even say to them, if I haven't got back to you by five o'clock this afternoon, please remind me. And, and most people accept that. doesn't mean you now have to rely on them to be your reminder. But if you're worried you're going to drop that ball, it's like, I'm not near a notebook, I'm not near my calendar, please remind me at 5 o'clock today, I will be at my calendar and we can set up an appointment or whatever. Mm-hmm. But people respect that. People like to be informed. And I know if, if my fiber goes down at home and now I, I work from home, now I don't have internet connectivity. If my provider said to me, I'm aware of the fault, we are working on it. And every hour they let me know what the status is, I would accept it a lot more than if I'm just like, why is it down? What's happening? Why, yeah. what, what's going on? Is anybody working on this? Do they know about it? Okay, then you let them know. Okay, but still you don't get any, any update. But if they proactively let you know, oh, there's lots I'll forgive. Yeah. <laughs> And you're much more relaxed as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you know, okay, well, they're working on the problem. I can't do anything about this now, but I can go and do groceries. Or, yes. You know, something. Yeah. Do something productive with your time instead of, okay, it might come on in half an hour, so I'll just sit here and wait. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's the, the, the thing I, that I respect with load shedding. Mm. We know when it is. We can work around it. Yeah. yeah and if you don't plan your day around it, then, <laughs> then that's also not their fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something something that came up as well with like meeting commitments is I do online group fitness training, and just I have those dedicated time slots. Some people don't; it doesn't fit in with their schedule, but they they signed up and they've joined. And I can't, I don't have the capacity to check in with them every week. You know, if they don't join, but after two or three weeks, if they haven't joined, I drop them a message and I say, hey, what 
what's up? Are you injured or did, or did you get sick? Because I mean, yeah, that's, that's happened a lot. And yeah, people are much more, much more happy. Just they, they, they don't even care if they miss the whole month or two months of training. They're just happy to receive that message. Um, and which is, which is strange, I wasn't which there. is strange for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you now jeopardizing your overall health and fitness for, you know, for just a message. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the customer experience as well. Um, so yeah, that was just a personal approach. <laughs> yeah, people want to be acknowledged and want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last thing that in on improving customer service or experience is to streamline your processes. So as soon as, and like Birgit said um, last time was my, you know, in the last six years since my business started, I've, I've shortened my messenger, messages. I make sure that I don't put more information than necessary. So if there's, if you have a customer that's going to sign up and your onboarding process has five steps and it only needs three, then to, to just cut out the two riffraff things and make sure that you that you get just make it easier for them to to get on board because otherwise it's more frustrating for them and they you know they've already started with on a on a negative foot or not a negative foot just a unstable foot maybe yes i i would think that an example of that is maybe um if you need to do a fitness analysis of the person or a health questionnaire do it in the first session get them to sign up don't get them to answer too many questionnaires on day one yes. because it's like it's like okay just just sign up yeah and then you know if you can take some of that out that's a very that's a very good point the simpler it is the more likely you are to get customers um in the first place and then once you got them you must offer an excellent service mm. and with your excellent service you retain them yeah. Yeah, and I mean the other thing with that, and we'll we'll touch on cash flow at at a later stage, um, but well, not not in this podcast. <laughs> um, but something to that effect is is if you if you are better at retaining customers, you can and and you 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 provide a consistent long term service, then you can retain them at a lower fee, and have more customers uh, on on your books for longer so instead of just trying to aim for six months you're pushing for 10 years type of thing um yeah but we'll chat about that in the future (laughs) cool thank you so much birgit we appreciate your time and effort and energy here um yeah i trust you guys find this helpful if you have any tips for customer satisfaction that you found in your business um, please feel free to to comment or leave it in in a review even and yeah we yeah, you're welcome to email me, uh, jared at actualize.co.za, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much to Birgit Smythe for her invaluable contribution to the Small Biz Conversation and making the show a reality. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ActualizeU. Support for this podcast comes from people like you. Check out the website for more ways to optimize your performance in work, life, and leisure. That's www.actualize.co.za.
If you found this helpful, you can keep the show alive by sharing with your friends, family or co-workers and by using the PayPal link in the description below. Actualize you because you are the critical success factor.